Hey guys, do you like heavy metal? Do you like video games, comic books, movies, theme parks, or even cool TV shows? We've got the place for you. Metal Geeks. Time to rock out with your geek out. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek, Dave, and George. Geek it out, fellas. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 243 of the Metal Geeks podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Kerry the Metal Geek, along with... I'm Brutal Dave. What's up, Brutal Dave? How are you, sir? I'm... Man, October is going by too fast. It is, right? It's to- it totally is. Well, I guess we, let's say that uh, our other co-host is not here this evening, so uh, we won't have anybody really disagreeing with us. Uh, <laughs> George I'll, find some, I'll find something to okay. pick about. Just yeah, I'm sure you will. I have I probably have some stuff on my list that you're going to be like, what? Uh, yeah, he's not. He's under the weather. Him and his wife are not feeling well, so I w- hope they feel better soon and then get back to the geekery, man. Um, mm-hmm. So, what have you been up to? Man, just like I said, I feel like the month is flying by. Been, I've uh, done a couple of events, been to a couple of concerts. Um, did um, that I did so like last, what was it? Saturday, I did the um, heavy metal swap meet in Houston, um, which they, I guess, I, I think it's the same event. It has the same name, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that they used to do it at uh, the White Swan. White. And uh, now I guess they're doing it at, oh, fuck, I'm going to forget the name of the place now. Uh, it's some, the something. The hot dog in, place, right? Uh, it's not a hot dog place per se. It's uh, it's kind of an outdoor bar. Yes. Um, I It's crap. I can't remember what the name of the place was. Moon Moon Tower. Moon Tower. Yeah, yeah. Moon Tower Inn. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's I've actually been I've been there a few times. I've actually had a birthday event there one one year. It's uh, if you're in Houston, it's very interesting because they 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 do have a weird menu. Like they'll make hot dogs uh, out of like elk and snake and and ostrich. They did have some. They did have some interesting stuff to choose from on the menu. I ended yes. up just getting a couple of uh, tacos. Um, oh, really. Nothing really crazy, but they were good. I never had their tacos. They were they were good. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting place. Uh, it's a you know, yeah, like you said, it's an all out di- outdoor place and uh, pet friendly. We brought some you know friends of ours. We hung out there one night. Brought some their animals and uh, yeah, it was cool. a cool little cool little place. Uh, I hadn't been there before. Uh, I like it as a venue for that event better than White Swan. Yeah. Um, and, uh, wouldn't it be great yeah. in the summer though? Cause it's all outside. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like it was pleasant enough. It was warm, but it wasn't too bad, but yeah. Everybody's would, fucking would, vinyls would just melt. Yes. It would be absolutely <laughs> brutal to do that in July. Uh, but, uh, that went pretty well. I did. I sold some art. I got some good responses from the people that were there and, Very cool. uh, then I had to leave that early, though. I had to bail out of it because uh, the family went to go see classic rock band Kansas that night. Are, are they classic rock? I always thought they were more prog, like prog. They rock. are, but I, I, 
but you'll hear them on classic rock radio. Yes. So that's what I'm, I guess that's what I mean. But yeah, yeah definitely uh, outside of like the big radio hits, uh, it's a bunch of meandering noodly. <laughs> yeah. Prog rock shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize that it's like, yes, you know, everybody's like, Oh yeah, I know uh, a couple of yes tracks from the radio, but most of their stuff is very, very, you know, just all over the place, Prague, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's got that same. I mean, it's a lot of those. There's a lot, a lot of those, um, a lot of those bands from that era are like, cause like Sticks is that way. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, I feel like they kind of ride the line a little bit more, where they they maintain the their their poppy appeal yeah and the in the poppy hooks and things They're like pop that prog. <laughs> they are yeah i think i think that's probably a good way to put it um kansas a little a little bit more a uh, little bit more noodly a little bit more where it's just gonna like get lost and anytime i anytime i think of kansas I, I i automatically go to bill and ted all we are yeah. is just and dust in the wind dust Win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that song went over pretty great. Yep, they did that one about halfway through. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that would that was kind of the the mid set, like wake everybody back up <laughs> kind of thing. So, f- f- kind of funny. Like, okay, so this is their 50th anniversary tour. Yeah, right. So the demographics at the show skewed older mm-hmm. um i can imagine like I, I i was probably one of the youngest people there i mean i had my kids with me uh, that's really one of the main reasons that we went was for my daughter who's uh she doesn't listen to anything past like 1988 um all all <laughs> she listens to is classic rock that's nice and uh so that, that's really a lot of why we were there but yeah we were definitely our whole crew was definitely on the younger side. Yeah. So it was at Sugarland uh, uh, smart financial, smart financial. Yeah. They actually, they have pretty good sound there when I've, I've been there a few times. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was too. I, I the only complaint that I had was I, I felt like they had the violin too high in the mix. <laughs> and so uh, violin is a, that is a, piercing and yeah it will it will cut through right <laughs> pretty much anything and I, I felt like because of that they didn't need it to be as loud as it was i felt like it it sort of overshadowed some of the guitar work gotcha stuff like that um it wasn't real bad it was but it was enough that i was like man i wish i could hear other <laughs> some when, of the other stuff going on when did they better. play carry on wayward son was it like towards uh, the end or towards the? It was it was the the encore encore like the, okay yeah that was the encore song and point of no uh, return which I love that song yeah that one did they I think yeah they did that was earlier early that may have been like maybe even like opening yeah that makes sense I'm looking at Spotify which I guess we can talk about that later but like Dust in the Wind had 624 million views or listens. And carry on wayward son is five hundred and seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. And point of no return is only fourteen million. And that's a better song, I think. So, <clears throat> wayward son, um, 
that that was one of the reasons that we went was for that song. That's I mean it's it's very kind of cliche. That's like their most well known song probably overall. Either that or Dust in the Wind. I'm not sure which, but I feel like those two are really the ones that people really know. Um, but uh, Carry On Wayward Son was <laughs> used as a lullaby for one of our kids. Oh. Okay. So it, it has that significance to us. Um, and the, I like it cause it has my name in the title. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was written by me, you know, uh, you know, Anjax covered that song, right? I did not know that. Yeah. It's pretty no, good too. Belladonna can uh, belt those out. Yeah. I, that seems to me like more of a Belladonna move. Yeah. Uh, to cover that song, but yeah, also that song. I mean, it. Uh, if there's a theme song to the show Supernatural, it's that song. No, really. Um, yeah, it. They they use it in. They use it a lot throughout the course of the series, um, and so you I, you haven't really got gotten into it, but I've I've told you about this before that like classic rock is very important Mm -hmm. to the supernatural story. Okay. Um, it's, it's almost like, it's almost a character of its unto itself in the show. I can, I can definitely appreciate that. I, I do uh, love some classic rock. So it, it, it's, it's, it's important because the, the Dean character, um, in, in particular, the Dean character, uh, he has literally spent, his whole life running the roads fighting monsters and he did it he's he did it with his dad um and his dad uh, morgan all- right uh what's his name uh, uh can't see the character the actor yeah jeffrey dean Walking- morgan there you go yeah and uh, i knew that <laughs> so he he spent his entire life traveling with dad and listening to classic rock music with his dad and so to him like it, it it's real. It, all of that is really important to him, and uh, we love that show. We 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 really enjoyed it, and so it was really cool to get to see Kansas. Play yeah, I know we've course. we've talked about that show, and like it's so daunting to try to get into it now. It is, yeah, it is. Um, and it's it's daunting because it, it's there. It's so there's so much of it. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really pick up until season mm, three. It, it I've heard that. into at least into season two, um, but and there are there are periods of it that are kind of a slog. Uh, there, you know, they had to deal with over that long run. You know, they've had to deal with writer strikes and mm-hmm. things of that. They had to deal with COVID there towards the end, which kind of affected how the finale worked. Was it out. still going on during COVID? They they were supposed to be finishing it. Oh wow! And so as a result, we kind of got a a finale that was good for what they were able to do, but it left a lot wanting because they weren't just practically speaking at that time. There were things that they just weren't able to do because of COVID. And you went to another concert, you said. Over I the did, weekend, right? yeah. So the following, yeah, the following night. Um, Where'd you get all this energy from, man? Uh, 
I don't, I, that's my, that's my secret. I'm always tired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's all nervous energy. Um, but yeah, the next night we went to, it's like the total opposite of the night before we went from smart financial and Sugarland to scout bar. And, oh, yeah. uh, uh, saw Voltaire, um, who I've talked about on here before, but I, yeah. I know he's not, he's not particularly well known. Uh, I, I wouldn't actually listen to him recently cause, uh, I made a post in the metal geek society of, you know, post your favorite, uh, Halloween songs. Mm-hmm. and your wife posted a Voltaire song. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go check it out. I had never heard him before, and I'm like, oh, this is this is very interesting. I I, I, dig, I dug it. Do you remember? I can't remember what song she suggested. Do you remember? Uh, I would have to go take a look. I actually, I made a – I started working on a playlist that I'm going to release before Halloween with everybody's um, uh, recommendations. Mm-hmm. So i see if I can find it. Uh, Halloween Jams, let's see here. Uh, let's look for Voltaire. Uh, this is going to be very hard to find. Go ahead and uh, talk amongst yourselves. So, yeah. Um, if, if you're not familiar with him, uh, Voltaire, um, is a, it's, I don't know exactly how to describe what kind of music he does, but I guess the closest I can get is that it's like goth cabaret singer songwriter music. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, he's, he's kind of over the course of his career, he's kind of experimented here and there. He has an album that's, that's very country influenced. I wouldn't really call it a country album, but it's very country influenced. Um, but a lot of his, yeah, a lot of his stuff is, is really just him and an acoustic guitar singing, but his, his the qualities of his melodies and the way that he writes his songs it has this almost like cabaret vaudevillian feel so, to so it. So Val said uh, raised by bats from Voltaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Good okay. one. Yeah. Um, but he's also he's a really I, I've seen him a handful of times, five or six times, I guess. And almost every time I've seen him, he performs solo. It's just him and a guitar. Um, and he's a he's a very engaging entertainer. He's he tells stories. The guy himself is in he shames me in the breadth and depth of his creativity. He he uh, is a skilled artist and animator. Uh, like he did some of the old like MTV the animated MTV bumps way back in the day. Oh really? Like he did yeah he did some of that and he's been like an animation teacher like a professor. Would you consider um, him like a like death rock? Would that be a categorization? I probably would not. No. Mm. Um. But he's yeah he's 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 really entertaining. He had and he his shows get. Uh, they're upbeat and fun, but like he tends to get kind of serious too. Yeah. And he he's been talking about like the trauma that he had growing up and how that affected who he became in life and how it affects how he makes his art and his music and all of that. And it's kind of inspiring. If you're a fellow weirdo, if you're a yeah. <laughs> fellow, a fellow outsider, a fellow creative, um, that's cool. Some, somebody who's, who's had it, had it tough. Um, he's, he's inspiring. And, uh, I actually got to do something this time that, 
Uh, it's a thing I know that he does. He's done it virtually every time I've seen him, but I've never participated. Uh, at the end of his set, mm-hmm. he he usually plays um, the song that uh, was kind of his first. I guess I guess you could call it like his first hit, mm-hmm. um, and it's called "When You're Evil." Um, and he in, he invites people from the audience to come up and be oh. a choir for him did you did you do it yeah i went up and i went up with my kids that's awesome uh, is there video of this uh i think there's i think so i haven't seen it but i'm I'm pretty sure that there is we should do we should definitely post that in the metal geek society that'd be fun so what was fun is we did that and then he immediately uh he did a a cover of dance magic dance from labyrinth okay as like the very end of the show. And so we stayed up for that as well. Um, But just, he's a really interesting and seemingly very kind person. And we got to spend a little time talking to him and everything. That's very cool. It was really, it was a good evening. Was it very crowded? Was it a busy show? I no, it wasn't. Um, A part of that was maybe because it was a Sunday night. Yeah. Part of it may have been, uh, he was just in Houston a couple of months ago, mm. and uh, we were at that show as well. I remember you talked about that show too. It, yeah. It's always really hit hit or miss at Scout Bar. You never know if it's going to be a crowded show or or nobody. Mm-hmm. I've been there when it's as, as you would put it, nut nut to butt. I've yeah, been <laughs> Scout that Bar last week. Sabaton show that they had there. It was like I, we couldn't even stay for the show. I can't imagine. Crazy. I can't imagine Sabaton at, in it's, that. It's so weird. I guess we've been following their career for so long. The first time I ever saw them was at Scout Bar. They opened up for Accept, right? Decent crowd. Okay. Second time they came back a few months later. Me and Sean, my co-host from MSRcast, Sean the Metal or uh, the Metal Pigeon, were there, and they were doing a headline show. And there was like forty people there total. Okay. And they were just taking fucking requests from the crowd. What song do you want to hear next? And then the last time it was like it was like like I said, nut to butt. It was crazy. It's crazy to watch a band blow up that big, you know, mm-hmm. yep. and, and be there on the ground floor. Sounds like I sound like a like a hipster when I talk when I say it like that. But I was there before they were popular. I liked them. Yeah, you know. Sometimes that's the, how it goes. So uh, I've been I've had an interesting month. Uh, I I had a birthday. I got old. Er, <laughs> I've I've hit the last year of my forties. Honestly, I never, it's, it's weird to, uh, to be here, but I don't really feel any different. You know what I mean? Just, just older. I'm not going to say more mature or wiser, but just older. Uh, last weekend when you were at your, the heavy metal event, we were planning to go, but my wife had an appointment to get a new tattoo with our artist Ellen over at virtue tattoo. If you're, in the Houston area, that's our go-to place is Virtue. It's um, great people that run that store. And uh, she got a, this really cool Princess Leia, like Rebel tattoo, her whole arm, basically, which is way bigger than I expected it, her ever to get a tattoo. But and then her friend came with us. She got a couple small Star Wars tattoos. And then our tattoo artist, she's like, I don't have any other uh, schedule for a while. Do you want something? And I worked with her on something and got it done. So I have like this old school skull and crossbones looking tattoo, but it's 
instead of a skull, it's uh, the biker scout from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, which is like it's cool. For some reason, one of my favorite characters from the Star Wars universe. It's not the Jason Sudeikis version that hit Grogu in the pouch. Just to let everybody know that. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Ted Lasso Stormtrooper, okay? Um, no, those yeah. were the those they were the the coolest looking stormtroopers in the original trilogy. For they sure. were. There was the, since a kid, there was a, something about them that just made them super cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I plan to get a bunch of other little tattoos on my on my right arm because that's the same arm where I just got the Mickey Dolan's autograph. And my left arm, I have this really old mom tattoo that I got like in like the late nineties. And, uh, I think I'm going to repurpose that whole arm, uh, as a cover up. So I've been working, mm-hmm. looking at ideas, uh, to get a whole sleeve done. I'm not quite sure exactly what yet, but, uh, I'm excited for the prospect, you know, this, uh, I don't know. I've had a couple of in the past, past months and I'm like, Oh, these are not been very painful at all until I get to the one and I'm like, okay, this is way too much. A whole sleeve is going to be way too much, but it's okay. Yeah, you'll 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 make it. You'll oh, get it. I guess I don't remember. I don't, I don't know that I have talked about it on on here. Uh, but since we're talking body modification, I got my ears pierced. That's right. A few weeks ago, um, which is my my first uh, piercing uh, of any kind. Uh, I don't yeah. have any tattoos. I've not. So this was my first step into that, uh, <laughs> that whole world. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I went and did it because I had my, my daughter has been wanting to do it for a while, but was nervous about the actual process yeah. of getting it done. And so I, I told her if it would help her feel better, I would go and do it with her. And so on her birthday, Aww. we went and did it. So Where'd you go to? Just some place around the corner from us. Okay. Um, they're yeah. It's a they're just a piercing parlor. That's that's yeah. all they do. That's yeah. what I recommend to do. I mean, people like uh, like when I got my ears repierced last year, I went to Virtue Tattoo, and the owner Tim, that's all he does. He's just a piercer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't trust it any other place. You know what I mean? Go to yeah. a, a reputable place that's going to, you know, they're clean. They they sterilize everything. It's don't go to the fucking mall and get your ear pierced. I did that when I was a kid. That's not yeah. the smartest. I had an ex-girlfriend pierce my ear one time. That was not smart. But my my wife um, has been really impressed by the the piercings for both of us because she's been you know helping us keep an eye on them and make sure they stay clean and everything like that. And there's really not been a whole lot of need. It was such a clean job yeah. that uh, there's virtually no pain of any kind mild mild discomfort at worst that's Um, then you know it's done right yeah um no what kind of what kind of earrings do you have seepage or any right gross yeah Yeah. uh right now i just have these little little black studs yeah 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 that's what i had um, you have it on just one or i got both of them oh you got both of them yeah because yeah, like, but I gotta, I gotta keep wearing these for a couple more weeks while it's still, it's still. So I, I have to go back to my tattoo shop tomorrow. My, uh, because like I was noticing today, I have uh, on my left ear, I have the two. I have like a little black stud, but apparently, it's the 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 earring I bought there. I've always had it in, and for some reason, I noticed that the front part was gone. It was like a screw in thing, 
So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go back there and, and get another piece of jewelry for some reason. It just, it's gone, but I have the, mm-hmm. the backing still in there just because I don't want to, it's not going to heal up, up or anything, but yeah. just for a day or so, but you know, but, uh, the, the star Wars tattoos, I guess that's, that, that's what we star Wars for this week. There hasn't mm-hmm. really been much else. Well, I, I, uh, I'll just throw this in there. If we're yeah. just going to gloss over that, I finally got around to, watching Andor because oh. uh, you and George had been speaking so highly of it the last few times. And uh, so I, I finally sat down and watched it and I thought and it was slash or yeah. And slash or <laughs> I thought I, it was fantastic. It's I one really, of the best really Star Wars in a long time. Um, it was a magnificent um, mm-hmm. example of world building. Yep. Um, Storytelling. Story, yeah, the, it's it's amazing that for a character I don't really give a shit about, mm-hmm. Andor himself, Cassian Andor, the show is so fucking great, and a yeah. lot of it it's not him, you know, it's the the story of around him which makes the show so great. I think. Yeah, the I one of the the uh, complaints that I've heard about it, and I mean, even you guys have sort of mentioned that it it moves slowly, mm-hmm. the plot moves slowly, and I I agree that it does, but I don't feel like any of that time was wasted mm. because what they're doing with it in that time is, um, they're fleshing the world out, and they're it's like what I really liked about it is it's this is you're getting these kind of slice of life pictures of what it's actually like for mm-hmm. the citizens of the galaxy to live underneath the empire. The, what, is it, what is it like for the people who are resisting, who are yeah. going to become the rebellion? What is it like to live in that world? The Where three episodes to look over your shoulder, always having to worry about who you, yeah. trust. It, it was really good. The three episodes in the prison, is the best movie I saw last year with Andy Serkis. What a, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to see anything else from that character, right? What a tragic character. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I literally, I, I literally wept for him when it got to the <laughs> yeah. end. Um, I guess it's so it's, it's good, right? God, did you, did you like rogue one? Uh, I know George. I did. Really I, like did. It. I, I did. I did too. One. We're always going to throw George under the bus since he's not here, but he's like he's always said that's his least favorite movie, and I, I can I can see that. But I really really enjoyed Andor. Have you have you watched Ahsoka yet? No. So we've talked about it briefly. Um, I love the characters on Ahsoka. I loved Rebels. And I know the period of time that they were going for the, the stoic version of her, but there were so many misfires on that show. I think Um, talked about the slow, quiet moments in Andor worked. I don't think Mm -hmm. it worked on that show as well. Uh, There was just elements. There was parts of that. I'm like, guys, you could have cut a lot quicker here. And it would, it wouldn't have been just like staring as you pulled away from a scene with no dialogue. It was just, there were some weird choices on it, but, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I do, and I like Rosario Dawson. I love Rosario Dawson. I'll, I'll put that out there. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a good job as the character of Ahsoka, but it's, 
I don't know if it was the best storyline. It was it was sort of predictable, sort of. Okay. And and I'm not saying don't watch it to anybody that's out there as a Star Wars fan. Um, I just wish I loved it more than I did. Yeah, you know, I uh, I I was. I'll throw in a, additionally on the Andor thing because when talking about the plots and the characters and mm-hmm. how effective how effective they are, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention that the visuals and the sound were also yeah. amazing in it. Yeah. The, uh, I, the visuals, I noticed that there was kind of a production design to this, that like it clearly was set in the star Wars universe, mm-hmm. but it was designed differently yeah. that there were, there were different design elements that were being used in the, in how, how the ships and the buildings and some of the uniforms and things like that were done. And, uh, the styles that they chose for that next to the styles for the music that they chose, which was this kind of like synth wave sort Mm of sound. I I loved it. It was, it was like, uh, it was like, uh, it, it was almost its own science fiction world. Yeah but it was still clearly inside of star Wars and sure. I, I, but it was a unique vision. It was a, I think that was what was really cool. Was it, it, it looked different. It didn't quite look like star Wars. It was on the, it was like the fringe part of the universe that you don't really see very much. I think one of my favorite droids was introduced in this show was B2 emo. Is, was that the, was that what the, uh, the little cube droids, was yeah they just called they just called him b through most yeah. of it and I, I couldn't remember what the no he was fantastic though i loved him that um and that you you kind of see how he's aged and gotten sort of decrepit yeah you see him in, in the flashbacks when he's not and i liked how they like that he develops what's essentially what amounts to a stutter over right. time yeah uh, yeah it was it was great. I, I really liked that. Very interesting and droid. What a very emotive droid. Yeah. Um, very emo. <laughs> yeah. Aptly named. I think my favorite droid, there's two, my, uh, talking about Ahsoka, my favorite droids were Professor Huang, which is David Tennant of, from Doctor Who. Uh, great, great use of him in that character. Um, and then Chopper. The, ver- the live action version of Chopper is fucking pretty great. It's it reminds me of Kenny from South Park. Like okay. you know he's talking shit, but you don't really understand <laughs> it. But you can you can hear it in a, in in the emotiveness of his his uh, warbles and beeps. That mm-hmm. he's like he's just he's just talking shit to you right now. And you just <laughs> have to accept it. <laughs> That's why I love that character so much. Yep. All right. Um, speaking of uh, what we mar- uh, Star Wars, let's talk about what we Marvel. Have you uh, watched Loki season two at all yet? I've only watched the first episode. Okay. Um, and part of that, like we haven't done more. Part of it's just because we've been busy. But part of it was we were watching it as a group yeah. with the family and and with our our, our friend Jeff, who who you know. Um, yes. And we just haven't all had an opportunity to all be back together gotcha. at the same time to keep watching it. I know it comes, it's weird because like it, new episodes are on Thursday nights, but it doesn't start till like 8 PM. Like it, you won't, it won't. So like to we're recording tonight on Thursday to, to spoil how the sausage is made. 
And so I haven't watched a new episode, but it's, um, yeah, it's good. It's, uh, I think there's a lot more magic use in this, ep- in these new episodes, uh, especially from Loki, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, what, when you'll get to, uh, he who remained, of course, will come back a different variant of Kang will come back in an up- upcoming episode. And it's pretty cool. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I've been curious mm-hmm. how how they're going to deal with the whole Jonathan Majors. They're yeah. they're not. I don't think they are. Well, at least in this series they're not. They um I mean they would have had to reshoot all that shit if they wanted to get rid of him and I don't know mm-hmm. how the MCU is going to That was more my larger that. question. I yeah. was curious what they were going to do inside Loki itself, but I was curious what they're going to do in the wider MCU because that was about to become well, the driving. But he hasn't, and not to talk about, you know, stuff that we don't really know a lot about. I mean, he hasn't really been, he's been accused, but nothing's been finalized. You know what I mean? Um, and it hasn't been, he hasn't been canceled like a lot of other people have been canceled. Like Justin Roiland, he got fucking canceled. Like I watched the new Rick and Morty episode, the first one, and you can't even fucking tell that it's not him. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. I mean, the same thing with the new uh, the High on Knife DLC from High on Life. No, Justin Roiland. Uh, they they uh, very early in the ep- in the in the in the game. They're like, yeah, uh, why did you put that knife down? Now it's lost forever. Uh, why'd you put that gun down? Now it's lost forever and you have to get a new gun now. Like, all right, well, th- that's how they got rid of them. Okay. <laughs> and the same thing in a solar opposite is they did it in a weird way. They, uh, in the very like first minute of the, the, the new season, they shot uh, Cor- Corzo, I think that's his name, with a, a ray gun that changes his voice. So all of a sudden he becomes the British guy. So it's, it's Dan Stevens. Okay. I'm like, all right, that's that's pretty good. That's a that's a way I wouldn't have gone to do it, but that's pretty good, you know. But I don't know. I I like Loki. Um, I I I like Owen Wilson as as Mobius. I, I mm-hmm. fucking K Hu Quan uh, is phenomenal in this series. I'm uh, so glad yeah. that guy is back and acting. Yeah, like I said, I've only seen the first episode, but from the moment he shows up, like he he's stealing the show. Okay, go with me. Go with me here. There's a bunch of variants, different universes, different uh, versions of everybody. Do you think data data from the Goonies is a variant of Orobi or Robus? I can't think of his uh, Ob Orobo. Or, or bars, thank you, from Loki. Because if that's true, that means the Goonies is part of the MCU <laughs> canon. Uh, I, I mean, it's a far stretch, but it could be true. Yeah, that's a stretch. That's but, a stretch. So that mean, but that would mean that Josh Brolin was in the Goonies, <laughs> and that young version of Josh Brolin in the Goonies was actually Thanos. No. Okay, my brain just heard on that one. Because if you want to, if you want to start going down that road, then, <laughs> then we're going to have to say that, like, uh, well, Sean Astin was in it, so that means yep. that Lord of the Rings and Stranger Things and Rudy are all part of the MCU. 
<laughs> I can see Rudy being part of the MCU. That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. It was just an idea. OB could be, uh, you know, same as Data. I'm, I, but I'm just so glad that he's back because, uh, like, he was so turned off from acting for so long. Mm-hmm. And then everything, every everything, everywhere, all at once, just like which I still, I still need to see. You haven't seen that yet. I still oh, haven't bro. seen it. And I know, I know that this is a movie for me. I know that I'm going. Oh, to it's play. totally for you. Um, but yeah, I just I haven't yet. All right, so that's a uh, that's our Marvel. We'll get back to more Loki once we all seen more. I know. Uh, I don't know where George is is in his viewing, but uh, I'm sure. Uh, he's pretty far, I'm sure. Um, let's before we move into what we've been watching, because I want to talk about my ho- Carrie's Halloween catch up 2023 mm-hmm. uh, from with a past episode, last episode, one of the past three episodes from the list that I was given. I've been watching a lot, but I want to talk about if we've been playing any games. And I have three games on my list that I have been playing. Uh, first of all, what I want to talk about is Hellboy, The Web of Word. And it is Word, even though it's W-Y-R-D. That game looks directly out of a fucking Hellboy comic book. Yeah, it looks... I've seen clips of it. It looks exactly like a Mike Mignola illustration. It does. But in motion. Yeah, it's it's not it's incredible. It's a it's a just technologically, I think it's really cool. Uh, I got to say, it is the uh, the last uh, voice uh, performance from Lance Reddick before he passed. He uh, he's Hellboy. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. The game itself is uh, a three D um, procedurally generated game. So you keep on going to these the same different levels, and every time you go to it, it it's different. Um, okay. The mazes are different, the enemies placements are different. But I got to say the the action, the actual fighting, it's it it's heavy, dude. You when you hit somebody with that hand of doom, you can fucking feel it. Yeah, uh, it's good. I mean, it's twenty dollar game. You know, it's it's probably not worth more than a twenty dollar game. Um, I would like a. Uh, a physical version of this game. Eventually I, I just bought it digitally on my switch, which is probably not the best place to play it at. But, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to buy a lot. If I, if I buy something digitally, I probably will buy it on the switch. Cause I feel like it's more value there because I can actually take it with me places. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird thing that I have, but, uh, I, I mean, if you're a Hellboy fanboy like me, uh, I think you'll dig the game even just for the references and, and just being in that Hellboy universe, you know, it's pretty great. I just think it's visually stunning. Oh, it is. What I've seen of it. It is. It is visually stunning. It's great. Um, the other Switch game that I'm playing is Super Mario Bros. Wonder. Now, I'm sure everybody who's out there knows about this fucking game. It's the new Mario's 2D game. Everybody's like, oh, it's the best Mario game, 2D Mario game since, like, I don't know, Super Mario Brothers 3 or Mario World or something. I mean, it's fun, yes, but it's not the best Mario game I've ever played, but it's good. I mean, it's a Mario game. You know what you're getting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's way too much reliance on that elephant Mario, if you've ever seen that. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. And I'm like, ah, I'm not a huge fan of that. I'd rather have like Tanuki Mario or somebody like that. But it's fun. If you like Mario, if you like 2D Mario games, you're not going to go wrong. Now, the game that I've been spending a lot of time playing is the PlayStation's uh, exclusive Spider-Man 2. That game is phenomenal. That's, that's hot. The, the hot shit right now. The hot shit. I may be, I don't want to say like three, three and a half hours into the game. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's it, the narrative is it's great. The you you switch b- between Miles Morales and Peter Parker Spider Man as you want to. Like there's different missions that you, all you have to do is switch back and forth. It's a lot of fun. It's a huge fucking map too. It's like way more boroughs of New York than I expected there to be, which is pretty cool. Um, if you played the first one, if you played the Miles Morales game, it's definitely more of the same. They didn't change much in that aspect, but they didn't need to. You know what I mean? It, it's a great game. Um, I would. It's the best looking game on the PlayStation, but they all, you can always say that the newest and the best is going to look the best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that game is really fucking fun. I will I will admit there's a couple of small things that annoy me. Um and it was on the first game too. There's like there's there's a section where or parts of the game where you have to like get your camera out and take specific fucking photos of a, a certain area. Okay. Those can be difficult because you're like, okay, I'm pointing to where I should be, but it's not exactly right, so it won't let you continue past it. And then like Oh, it's kind of like that reminds me of like in uh, like the Batman, like the Arkham. Yes. Yeah. You'd have to like line up. You'd have to like line up the question marks or whatever. And yeah, it it has to be like precise to like the nth degree. And Mm -hmm. I was playing the other night. I'm like, I'm just fucking frustrated because I can't really figure out. I just had to Google like Google it. I'm like, where am I fucking pointing this damn camera? What is going on? It was just, you know, I'm like, I just want to get back to punching bad guys, you know, mm-hmm. but it's a really good game. If you have a PlayStation five or I don't think it's on PS4, I think it's just a PS5 exclusive. You definitely owe it to yourself to, to play that game. That's all I can say about it. What about you? Have you been playing anything? A little bit. I've, uh, not, a, not a ton, but, um, I, I think I'd mentioned last time that I was playing the Quake 2 remaster yes. that they, they dropped during QuakeCon this year. Um, I finished that, including the the new campaign that they added for the this remaster. So it, the it inclu- the remaster includes the original base game and the original the the original two um, add-ons. The, oh, that's cool. Which, which were um, Ground Zero and uh, shit, I don't remember the name of the other one now, but uh, it includes those. But then they created another mission pack <clears throat> for this re-release. That shit was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I I played through the the uh, DLCs, and I hadn't. I don't think I'd actually played those before. I played the the core game. I played the shit out of that when it <clears throat> back in the day. But I played through the mission packs, and they're tough. Uh, I played through them on the hard difficulty setting and it was challenging. Um, 
uh, challenging enough that when I got to the new campaign, which is called Call of the Machine, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm going to go. I'm just going to dial the difficulty back a, a level because I just I kind of want to just get through this. Yeah. Um, you never do that, though. Uh, you, you're not like often you're hardcore. Uh, so I, it depends on the game. It really does. Um, so I dialed it back just to get through it and even dialed back it, the this new campaign was incredibly challenging. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, if, uh, if you're an old school quake fan and you haven't gotten a hold of the remaster, I, I recommend doing so that I like the new mission pack is, is really cool. It, it was nice. It was fun. I, I breaking news. I just saw this come across my, uh, my feed. It was it, somebody just put this on my desk. Um, Paramount Plus is going to have a docuseries called Getty Lee Ask, Are Base Players Human 2? Where he's going to visit the homes of Chris Novoselic, Robert Trujillo, Les Claypool, and Melissa Off Demar. That's fucking interesting. Yeah. I know uh, Getty Lee has a um, an autobiography coming out in November, which oh, seems yeah. very interesting. I would love to hear that. I hope I hope he uh, I love to hear uh, autobiographies when they're read by the actual artist, you know, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, so let's get into a little bit of what we've been watching before we get into my horror movie list. Have do you guys watch the mass singer at all? No. So we haven't really been watching the past two or three seasons, but we, we had previously, but it was like, it got frustrating to me because I'm like, I don't know who any of the fuck these people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we started watching the, a couple episodes ago and there's a character on the show right now called the Tiki. It's a Tiki, right? Like a Tiki, big ass Tiki drink. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really obvious who this guy is. Uh, the episode that came out this week, it was a Harry Potter based episode and uh, he, he made it through Um I, if you if you if you guys out there have been watching this show at all, go with me here. It's fucking Sebastian Bach, okay? No doubt about it. There's no way it can't be Sebastian Bach. Even though they do like the uh, they hide his voice and the modulate the voice and stuff like that, it's still him. Um, he does the metal sign all the time. There was an element. There was parts of the song today um, where he fucking like got into his high register. You're like, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, Sebastian. All right, Baz. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And nobody is, uh, on, on the dais has figured out who they're, who it is. They've, they're like, Oh, it's Bon Jovi or blah. Or so I don't remember who they're talking about, but I'm like, Robert no, Plant. Robert, they said it was Robert plant. One, one of them said Robert plant. I'm like, yeah, I bet Sebastian Bach was, pretty happy somebody said he sounded like like robert plant you know but uh our i I don't i honestly don't know the answer to this question yeah uh robert plant's pipes still in good working order these days i mean that's something for his doctor to uh (laughs) answer oh those pipes i I don't know yeah i haven't heard him recently i don't know apparently he performed stairway to heaven the other day for the first time in like 16 oh, years or something really? like that. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't sought it out. I don't even know if, if, if you can, I maybe you can, but <laughs> unpopular I'm just, opinion, I was curious I, if he, if he can still sing these days, unpopular opinion. I've never been a huge Led Zeppelin fanboy or fan really. 
I mean, they okay. were pretty. They were pretty important in getting me into um, rock music in general and classic oh, really? rock and uh, hard rock, but and also early in my guitar playing. So they they were pretty influential on me. I'm I don't remain like the biggest fan in the world. Yeah, uh, I like a lot of their stuff a lot, um, but. I don't find myself looking, seeking them out as often these days as I used to. So I'm about to, uh, share this clip with you live in our message. Okay. I, uh, speaking of mass singer, I want, I want to hear your reaction live on the show as you agree with me about, <laughs> as, I, as I agree with you. All right. <laughs> I don't know. We could possibly play the audio in the background too as we as we do this, but all right, hang on. I'm letting letting this roll here. That is quite an outfit. Yeah, it's cool, right? You know, you know my love for tiki drinks, so it works mm-hmm. doubly for me. Pretty cool. The wheels are turning. So I, I have to say I've never actually watched this show before. Yeah. So I'm So basically the the short the short of it is celebrities come out and sing songs and costumes and they have to try to guess who they are and then each week somebody gets unmasked and I'd use that in quotes because you know, it's a voting system, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I've like They've had everybody from like fucking Mickey Rourke to, you know, all kinds of people I don't fucking know, like a lot of sports people and things like that. So a lot of pop people, but it's rare when there's like, I'm like, this is somebody I know. Danny Trejo was on there at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Not to spoil anything, but the guy that got kicked off this week uh, was Tyler Posey, who I guess was on Teen Wolf. So I, w- I would have okay. had no idea, you know. He's singing now, right? Yeah. I mean, I I can see where you're getting it from. Um, I don't know that it would have occurred to me. There's something about it that's not... And I I couldn't even describe what it is, but there's something about it that's not saying that that's saying not Sebastian Bach to me, but I, I couldn't, I'd have, I'd have trouble articulating what that is. Right. Well, he's doing well on the show, which means we probably won't find out who it is for a little bit, but uh, I'm sticking with my guns and I'm saying it's Sebastian. Okay. But I, I mean, just, that's I just, a guy that certainly likes his guest appearances. So it, yeah, for sure. And I, I just mean, listened to his audiobook like earlier in the year. So his voice is very uh, prominent well, in my mind. Okay, then I'm. I mean, that certainly uh, weighs things in your favor. Yeah. Uh, versus me. So uh, let's before. Okay, uh, I did watch. Uh, we've started watching Our Flag Means Death season two. I fucking adore that show. It's uh, have you, did you, have you watched the first season at all? No, I've not. I've heard, I've heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah, You're a Taika Waititi fan though, right? You don't hate him like I, other people on the show. I don't hate him like other people on the show. <laughs> hell, hell. I even, I, I even thought, uh, 
his Thor movie was, or I guess he did two of them. Yeah, he did two of them. I I liked both of them. I did too. So we're on the same page. If you've been looking for a Taika Waititi uh, pirate show, this is uh, this is it for you. Pretty great. Um, it's it's shot really well. It's beautifully done. But there's so many funny elements on that show. It's so great. Um, it's a uh, it's if you haven't watched it yet, I, I encourage people to watch it. Uh, season two, I guess the finale is just finished. So I think we're on episode four or five or something like that. I'm looking forward to finishing maybe that the week this weekend. And uh, I want to talk about this next show that I people most people are probably gonna not anticipate me talking about and the new season of Frasier is fucking great. Is it? It is. Uh, I've always liked Frasier as a character. I used to like, I never, I, I'm not going to say that I watched every single episode, but I watched a lot of it. Um, I'm a, I'm a sucker for old school eighties fucking sitcoms. And that's exactly what this is. Um, it's, there's some cringe, moments in it for sure cringe jokes you're like oh really or uh but overall i mean they they've jumped right back into the characters and it's pretty good there was a uh maybe episode two they were inside of a a classroom and they kept on cutting back and forth to like like a wide shot with fraser and then this other shot and it bugged the fuck out of me because like there was this girl sitting next to the girl talking and there was shots of the girl being missing, the one next to her. I'm like, did they not? It, that just drives me crazy. I'm like, so there was a, sh- like, you could see her in the shot, and then, like, they would do another shot, oh, and then would come back to her, and the girl would be gone, they'd come back to the other shot, and they come back to her, and that other girl would be there again. I'm okay. like, God, <laughs> stop it. It drove me crazy. <laughs> Took me out of it for a while. I'm like, really? Nobody noticed that in editing? Come on. But... And then the girls, okay, and they all had laptops in front of them, and even the girl's laptop was gone. I'm like, it's not like she, like, got up and went somewhere. Like, they shot the other shot, and she wasn't even there. I'm like, ah, oh, that, that annoyed me, but whatever. <laughs> That's my, uh, I guess, my film background is poking <laughs> its head into it. But Maybe so. I, uh, I actually, uh, at least in probably all in syndication, I yeah. probably watched all of the original Frasier oh, did series. You? Probably. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because like, it was my favorite thing. Part of it was yeah. just that it's what was available to me sure. at the time. Uh, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I, I liked, uh, I saw more, I saw way more of Frasier than I ever saw of cheers. I can tell you that. I think you might like the show then. Um, okay. he, he basically moves back to, Where's he at? I can't remember even what city. Seattle. No, he's. I don't think it's Seattle. Oh. Boston. He goes back Does to he Boston. Go back to Boston. Yeah, okay. that's where his kid lives. And like, so after he left Seattle in the you know in the original series, uh, basically in the in the timeline, he went on to TV, do a TV hosting gig, and it turned out to be okay. this weird where they would have like dancing bears and weird shit like that after a while. You know, okay. yeah, and he became like this big TV, you know, guy. So then he quit that and he moved back. Now he's like teaching at Harvard and shit. 
back in back yeah. in Boston. So it's cool. Um, it's interesting. It's he's totally the same character. Do they have like all the people back? Uh, no. Well, I'm, I mean, the guy who played his dad, like he's got to be dead. He's dead. They did yeah, cover that dead. in the show, like okay. his funeral and stuff like that. They talked about it, but nobody else has shown back up yet, except one of the main characters is his, his son, Freddie, from the show. Now he's okay. uh, older, of course, you know. But yeah, they've mentioned they've mentioned people. They've mentioned like the ex Lillis, and they've mentioned everybody else. Uh, oh, and one of the other main characters is Niles, and what's her? I can't think of her. Daphne. Daphne. He had a kid. It's her. Their their kid, and he okay. he's definitely as neurotic as them. Okay, so that plays into that whole. You know, I don't I don't know why Niles isn't in it. I I have no idea. I don't think they're dead, but they're just not around. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. From what I can tell. I mean, if you like the series, the original series, I think it's, you would dig I, it. I did, but so much of what I liked was the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and so, uh, yeah, that they don't have anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, give it, a, you know, it was, it was anything. I give it a couple episodes to see if it really draws my attention. Mm-hmm. And it's not fucking highbrow, you know, it's fucking a, a sitcom, mm-hmm. but it's characters, you know, and, uh, it could have gone a lot worse. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't have high expectations for it. I can tell you that. Then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Oh, going right. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> uh, I guess I've been watching Gen V, but we'll wait on that yeah, to talk no about what that is. Gen V is the spinoff show on Amazon prime of the boys. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it's been pretty good. Uh, there's been some fucked up moments like on the boys. Uh, I started the new season of big mouse. I haven't finished it yet. We and almost started that just earlier tonight, but we, oh, haven't, really? we haven't, we haven't started it yet though. I did watch a few movies that are not horror related recently. I watched uh plane, which I actually thought was pretty good. Um, I, I, uh, so I came out, I guess, earlier in the year. Um, it stars, uh, I can't think of his name, Gerard, the Gerard Butler? Yeah, Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter. Um, basically, Gerard Butler is um, uh, a pilot, and something happens, the plane goes down, they have a crash landing, uh, and they land on a, a unknown island that just happens to be in the Philippines. And you know what happens when there's an unknown island and it's run by a bunch of uh, mercenaries and stuff like that. Hilarity ensues, and that's what happens. Okay, it's fun. I mean, it's a good, it's a good action movie. I don't think I've even heard of this. And the other movie I watched was uh, Operation Fortune. Which was better than I thought it was going to be. This is the the new Guy Ritchie movie, uh, Operation okay. Fortune, Ruth de Guerrera, whatever. It's a uh, star: Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Josh Hartnett, Hugh Grant, Carrie Elwes. Great cast. Uh, I like yeah. Jason Statham. I am sorry, I'm not a. Everyone's like, he's one of my favorite action stars now. Whatever he does is just like so over the top and. Mm-hmm. and just fun um 
this movie was great. It's 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 fun. It's not. I don't think it's the best Guy Ritchie movie. Basically, they're trying Hugh. I don't know why Hugh Grant has been playing these bad guys recently, but he has. He's the bad guy, and then they have to get this actor Josh Hartnett I, to come Hugh in. Grant's a fantastic bad guy. Like, he is. He, I, he, he seems so punchable to me. <laughs> and like likable and really... punchable at the same time. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, if you like, if you like action spy movies that have a little bit of comedy, because I mean, Aubrey Plaza, of course, is in it. Of course, you're going to mm-hmm. get some of that, that weird subversive humor from her. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. It's, 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 as we say on the show, serviceable serviceable it'll be it'll what be, is what is the time. best guy richie movie um oh, that's a great question um aladdin was it aladdin it was i forgot he <laughs> even did that shit <laughs> god damn he did that he did do aladdin didn't he yes he did <laughs> okay this is uh this is better than aladdin um but, For me, it's still Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It's yeah. still my my favorite guy. I like The Gentleman, which was really good. Um, you know, I didn't. I never saw. Uh, I guess there's another movie he had out, The Covenant, which is like a war movie that came out this year, written by him. Okay, I, I haven't seen know. that. I watched Wrath of Man. I'm looking at his IMDb now. Um, I don't know. Wasn't King Arthur? I forgot he did a King Arthur movie too. He did? Yeah, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Uh, that's the one with, uh, uh, what's his name? Charlie Hunnam. And then, yeah, Jude Law. Oh, okay. Hmm. You always forget that Guy Ritchie has done these, like, really, like, like, modern, I don't know, not modern, but, you know, like Aladdin and like fucking like King Arthur movies and the man from uncle remake, you know, mm-hmm. I'm used to him doing like, you know, like you said, like snatch and lock stock and, you know, and I don't know, but yeah. Uh, this, yeah. Check it out. It doesn't, it doesn't look good. The King Arthur movie. Like I'm, I'm just like oh, the King Arthur what? movie. Yeah. It's not, I remember seeing it. It's okay. <laughs> It felt like one of those movies where the studio was like, "Hey, we're going to pay you a shit ton of movie to money to do this movie for us." And he's like, "Can I? Can I? Can I do my typical Guy Ritchie shit?" And he's like, "Oh, you can do some of it, but you can't do a lot of it." And then he's like, "All right, this money looks pretty good. I'll do it." Same with Aladdin, I'm sure. Fair. And then he gets to do his uh his Covenant uh, war movie. Later down the road. I mean, it's not a bad, it's a pretty fair trade. Yeah. So uh, we talked about Andor. You have a House of Usher on your list too, right? I'm not finished with it, but yeah. Uh, I just started it last night. We started, we, uh, tried to start about, watching it. Uh, I think we're a little bit more than halfway through or maybe just about at the halfway mark at this point, we just, we were, we were knocking it out and then we've just gotten busy and our evenings have been filling up and yeah. we haven't followed through, but uh, I'm really enjoying it. I, I, I am a Mike Flanagan fan. Um, you know, the, I, I know you guys keep on talking about a show, which I've never watched. The only Mike Flanagan 
movie I ever saw was Dr. Sleep. Okay. So I was like, should I go into House of Usher? We started watching it last night, but we sort of got, uh, I don't know. We just like started watching something else, basically. We're like, all right, let's watch something a little bit more lighthearted than this. <laughs> yeah. So he's not real. Yeah. He'll he'll get dark on you for I sure. Didn't, I so didn't know Mark that- Hamill was in it either. He's oh, I love him in it. I think he's great. Yeah, uh, he's he, um, yeah, I like him in this. But it's uh, um, if if are you real knowledgeable about Edgar Allan Poe? Not really. I know. I mean, I've I've read his stuff, but I, I I I mean, I have a book of his of his work, but I don't know how familiar I really am. You know? Yeah. Because uh, even though the 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 name of the show is coming from the fall of the House of right. Usher story, there is so much other Edgar Allan Poe shit all the way through this show. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, that is there a uh, raven? Yes. Okay. There has to uh, be a raven, right? The Raven show actually shows up really early in the show hmm. when uh, when when Roderick Usher like passes out in front of the courthouse, like it. I've like made it right that far, the, yeah. That's right at the beginning of the series, or no, not the courthouse. It's not the courthouse. It's the the church where the funeral. Okay. Happens when he he's getting in the car and he and he collapses and sitting up there's a raven sitting up on top of the fence over him looking down at him i know kim wanted to watch it because like one of the guys in the show was from my zombie i i wouldn't be able to tell you Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah but there's uh in fact the the episode names are names of different edgar Allan poe stories okay and that's cool they and so they're they're all kind of in the same way that Flanagan takes whatever his source material is. Cause he did this, he did the same thing with haunting of blind manor and haunting of Hill house where he, yeah. he took a, a, an inspirational piece of literature and then just completely reimagined and expanded it into a completely different setting and all that. He's doing the same thing, but with like all of these different post stories, it's not just fall of the house of usher. It is that, but it's also all of these other stories too. And I, so I'm really enjoying that. I think that that's a lot of fun. Um, so, uh, so you, you've only seen the first one. Not even that much, maybe like the first 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're, you're okay. The, <laughs> the deaths are gruesome. Really? <laughs> In the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the premise and everything, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, um yeah that's cool i like it a lot uh i'm looking forward to see how it finishes up uh really like mike flanagan uh and i i think i probably i have a, a higher opinion of him than other folks who are regularly on this show um even even george. our friend justin well yeah. george and justin um and yeah uh justin said that he thinks this is the best thing that he's seen Flanagan do. Uh, hmm. And usually I feel like usually Justin's feedback on his work is that he enjoys it up to a certain point And then he doesn't like it after right. 
like that right. it always fall it, it always falls apart for him. He said he liked this one all the yeah. way through that it was it was solid. Um, but I might, uh, I, I I'm of the opinion. It. What's up? I will definitely finish it, and I'm even missing about going back and watching some of the other series. I, you know? I was going to recommend you do so. That's kind of where I was going next. Was yeah. um, it, I really like Flanagan. I think he's one of the very best people doing horror right now. Um, I, I, I really like his approach. I really like his storytelling. Um, and I know not everybody agrees, but, uh, I thought, I thought midnight mass was brilliant all the way through. Um, I, I thought, uh, haunting of Hill house was absolutely beautiful. Um, I do think that one falls apart a little bit at the end, but only a little, Mm. Um, but I, I think he does amazing work and he did a a brilliant job with Dr. Sleep. Yeah. I like Dr. Sleep a lot. And what, what was particularly brilliant about it for me is that he was somehow able to marry both the book version and the movie version of the shining together. Yeah. Um, because yeah, that's what I was sure. that was what I was curious about because I was like, okay, well, is Doctor Sleep going to be based off of the um, the Kubrick movie or off of the actual King novel? Because they're different; <laughs> they they end very differently. Um, and so I was like, it, they end so differently that they're like mutually exclusive. Yeah. And so I was like, how how is how is he gonna? rectify that and i felt like he did a really good job of somehow integrating making both of them work um i think i think he's a really good story guy and horror director uh yeah i'm i'm just real tickled with <laughs> like just about everything i see him do i think is fantastic so let, on on that note let's get into my halloween catch-up i know i have uh less than a week to catch up on some of these movies but I, i'll get there uh, let's start with the first movie and we're going to get, we'll talk about more of these in depth once George is back probably next week or so. Uh, after Halloween, I have time to even watch more. I'm going to talk about totally killer. That was the first one that I watched and that's an Amazon prime movie. Um, so this movie is Halloween meets scream meets mean girls meets back to the future. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you were, uh- you were talking about this. Okay. I really enjoyed this movie. I, I saw it. It was, uh, it was clever enough. It was fun enough. Um, they didn't, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like they mentioned back to the future. They're like, you never seen back to the future. You don't know what's going on. Then it's, there was a lot of cool elements in the, sh- in the movie. Um, if you ever watched, uh, like happy death day and things like that, it's our uh, freaky, uh, one of the new modern, you know, teenage girl is a lead character, um, modern horror movies that are sort of like that. It's mm-hmm. very much in that vein. But it's fun, though. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I watched The Black Phone. I, I always heard about this movie. I know it was based on the Joe Hill book. Um, yeah, that's really all I know about it. I haven't I haven't seen this one yet. It's nor a, have I have I read the book either. I, I think it was, it's a very interesting movie. It's not, uh, you know, some of the stuff that I watch, it's considered horror, but it's not like slasher horror type stuff, which 
most of the time it's not my favorite genre. Um, mm-hmm. Just a few, there's some things, but this is more of a very supernatural in nature. That's all I can say. Um, very much like his daddy, like very much like a Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you like Stephen King, I think you would actually like this this movie. Um, I don't want to spoil too much about it if you've never seen it. But uh, what's his name? Um, oh God, what? Who's the 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 main guy in the show? Oh, it's, Ethan Hawke. Um, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, thank Ethan you. Hawk, right. Yeah. Does a great job in this. Is a is a, a bad guy. Let's just call him that. Um, okay. I watched the blackening. I just I was just flipping around and I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. This looks how, interesting. How was it? Pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Because um, I I I all I know about it was uh, like a couple of trailers that I saw and that they were using the the tagline was killing me that like they can't all die first. Yes. I was like, God damn, that's fucking funny. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's a fucking horror movie uh, done, of course from black filmmakers, black stars. Um, I, I saw it. was, there was some like some scary moments in it, but it's funny. It's like a scary movie type of funny. Um, mm-hmm. but, but some of the characters are really great in it. And, it, and then uh, I'm not going to say that I wasn't super surprised by the twist, but it was pretty good. Um, I, I definitely recommend it. It's definitely worth watching. Okay. Um, then I watched, I was like, you know what? I've never seen John Carpenter's vampires. I've never seen that either. Really? Actually. Yeah. It's a, it's interesting. It's a definitely a, an early nineties style movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, pacing, editing, everything about it. Uh, I didn't realize that the, uh, the main, I'm going to look it up. Um, John Carpenter's. Yeah, here we go. That the, uh, the main bad guy, the van main head vampire in this movie is uh, the character's name is Jan Valak, but it's Thomas Ian Griffiths. And uh, you might've seen him recently. Oh, guy. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. That's funny. It's, uh, yeah, I was like, "Is that? No, that can't be." I'm like, "Oh, it is. It, it's crazy." Um, that's that's awesome. So, I just i I don't know if I could sit through a whole movie full of James Woods at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I get that. Um, he, he was very James Woods. Yeah, I bet in this movie. Um. The next movie I saw was more of a, a, a kids style horror movie uh, called it was a Netflix movie from last year called The Curse of Brook Hollow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have kids and you're looking for something that uh, it's fun, but it has some scary elements to it. Uh, I would say watch this movie with them. It's pretty it's pretty good. It's Marlon Wayans uh, is the main is the dad. Uh, so here's the weird part of the, about this fucking movie. I had it on. When I was working. I was watching it, and uh, the the Harlan the the character's last name is Gordon, right? Okay. And they have a daughter, and her name is Sid S Y D, right? Mm-hmm. And they kept on calling her Sid, and I didn't pay much attention to. Them. I'm like, oh, okay, their daughter's name is Sid, but at one point, 
they meet she meets up with like these other young characters and they're like wait a minute are you sydney gordon i was like holy shit that's my dad's name huh that i i was like what the heck she spells it s-y-d he spelled it s-i-d mm-hmm. but that was weird for me i was like what sydney gordon all right i gotta watch the rest of this movie uh basically <laughs> Uh, a spirit uh, comes back. They do like an incantation type of thing, and he possesses all the Halloween decorations everywhere around the city. This city, this little small town, is known for their Halloween decorations. So uh, it's pretty fun in that aspect. It's like you know, like all the skeleton decorations and the inflatables—they all come to life and shit. It's fun. Okay, that's kind of fun. It's a fun yeah. horror, fun Halloween movie. Halloween you know? movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Another one I've never seen, actually. I had never seen it either. Uh, all I can say now is I've seen it. I. It's one of those, I, I for, for decades now, yeah. it's one of those that when I'm browsing movies, whether it was back in the day going to like the movie rental place yep. or now on streaming services, it's one of those things that I see it roll by and I go, and you know, I've never watched that. And then I keep on looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was for years. And, you know, I was like, this is the year I'm going to finally watch it because they've had Universal has had horror, Halloween horror houses based on it. They've had Funko and blah, blah, all kinds. I went to Spirit Halloween and it's everywhere. It's like mm-hmm. super popular. Um yeah, that movie is uh, it's interesting. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, weird uh, effects in that movie. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not horrible. It's a, it's, it's what you expect it to be. Uh, okay. It's a, it's a, a fun B movie, C movie that would be great for them to make fun of on like Mystery Science. Hmm. It's one of those movies. Um, I watched The Gate, finally. Yeah. Uh, that movie's bad. Yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> it's okay, but... It's it's like, it's a fun watch, but it's, yeah. not, a good, it's not a good movie. Though. Fucking little Steven Dorff. I'm like, stop fucking just like <laughs> searching around the house, bro. Stop it. And the, and the, and the little demon guys were so fucking lackluster i was mm-hmm. like oh it's something evil is gonna be here and i'm like oh it's like the it's like the little guys from yoga hosers for the 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 brotties you know i, I like, didn't i never saw that oh well but, but i i get the vibe of what you're saying though oh man i mean am i happy i watched it sure I, i'll probably never watch it again but you know like i guess you and george saw on that triple feature i would see it in that kind of environment, you know? Yeah, it was definitely, I definitely think it was more fun because of the context. That and there's a sequel to in. it. There's a gate two with like the nerdy, the, the nerdy metalhead dude. That I don't know anything. Yeah. About. I've never, I, I, I've never, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, so I watched Megan the other day. Mm-hmm. That movie is very interesting. Um, it's weird. I, one of the uh, the main guys in that movie, who's like he plays like the boss, um, as uh, John. I can't think of his name now. Um, Ronnie Chiang. He's a he's a comedian, uh, which is funny. I we I watched it and like that same night, 
we started watching last week tonight was John Oliver and he was on it. I'm like, Hey, I just saw you get killed. And that yeah, movie. he's a regular on there with me. Yeah. 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 Uh, funny dude. Uh, yeah, he is a funny guy. There's something else I watched him in recently too. I can't think of what it is, but, um, but yeah, Megan, it's what I expected it to sort of be. Um, that whole, everybody's like, Oh, that, that weird dance move that she does. It was just, mm-hmm. that part was weird, but I know it, it's sort of like a modern Chucky type of vibe to it. You know, um, the, the doll became overprotective and just started going crazy and killing people and shit basically. Yeah. But it's fun. I mean, it wasn't horrible. Uh, I watched malevolent today. That's one I've paused on multiple times. Yeah. On maybe, maybe I'll watch this one, but I've never have. Did you like it? I did like it. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Florence Pugh now. Uh, something about her, uh, and it's a very interesting movie because it doesn't. I mean, you sort of expect it to go where it's going, but she, I don't know if you know the basic premise is she's part of this, this group with her brother and her boyfriend and stuff, and they go around and um, do fake seances and stuff like that, and just try to take people's money. Um, to try to get, oh, we're going to get the spirit out of your house type of deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, horror ensues, let's just call it that. It, it is one house they go to. This one person that hires them uh, turns into some crazy shit. But it's not bad. There's Ooh. some there's some gory moments towards the end, which I wasn't really expecting it to go there. Um, then I watched Jaws 2 today. Yeah, I, uh, I, Jaws is one of my favorite movies. I've never seen Jaws two, never seen three, I've never seen four. Um, so I've never watched a Jaws movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Part one's great. Well, and I, I, I just I saw that like these are all on I think Netflix. Yes, right now. that's right. And I'm like, well, okay, I don't have an excuse. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get. I watched. Uh, we went back and saw Jaws. I don't remember earlier this year or late last year in the theaters again with some friends. That was fun. Jaws 2, it's like four years later. Uh, I almost called him Rob Schneider. Um, Roy Schneider. Scheider. Roy, Roy Schneider, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's back as the cantankerous um, police chief Brody. And you got you to gotta like it because, like, characters from Allrats are named after this movie. You know what I mean? Brody from Allrats was named after Brody from Jaws. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was okay. Um, you know, different shark, of course, and not Bruce, but there were some, uh, <laughs> not great moments in it. Um, but one of the, one of the characters, one of the, it, it, it basically follows a bunch of young teenager guys, maybe 18, 19, you know? And one of them, I'm like, where do I know this guy from? And a kid was bugging me the whole time. Cause this was from like 1978. Right. And it turns out the the character, the actor, his name is Keith Gordon. And he only had one other big movie, and that was Back to School. It was like maybe five or six years later. Do you remember Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield? I, was just, I thought I remembered that that was a Dangerfield movie. I yes. don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think and, I've ever seen it. Oh, you never seen Back to School? Oh, my God. I used to watch nah, that so much as a kid. Um, 
So yeah, he, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Robert Downey Jr. was in it. Keith Gordon, uh, William Zabka's actually in it too. He plays another fucking bad mm. guy, of course. Um, and Burt Young, who just passed away this past week from Rocky, was in that movie too. He was Rodney Dangerfield's like uh, right hand guy, his his chauffeur and all that. Yeah, if you've never seen that movie, man, it, that's like my childhood right there. I don't know why I watched that that movie so many damn times as a kid, but I did. Um, yeah, and Keith Gordon was like the son of Ronnie Dangerfield in that movie. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I'm at in my uh, Halloween catch-up. I feel like I've done more, but I guess I really haven't. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, I, I've been playing a lot of Spider-Man, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Any of those movies? I still had that list that George gave me. Um, I just haven't watched them all. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what all was on the list, so, um, so I don't. I don't know if I have recommendations that aren't already there. So I'll just go down the list real quick. Uh, Psycho Gorman, which I haven't watched yet. yet. Oh, there's another movie I saw. Sloth or Geddon or something like that. It was like some weird horror movie about a sloth killing everybody. Yeah. I'm like, I've okay. Heard, I've heard of this. All right. Um, Lamageddon, which is remind me of that. Baskin, the Terrifier movie, Speak No Evil, Talk to Me, which I haven't. Talk to Me is not streaming yet where I could watch it. Dog Soldiers, No One Will Save You, Sauna, which I don't know what that is. The Black Phone, The Void, Bones and All, Reanimator, which I, I, I'm going to watch that one because I have access to um, Shudder, I think, right now. It has it on there. Trick or Treat, which I haven't seen that one. Killer Clowns, Malevolent, Curse of Bridge Hollow, Megan, Cobweb. I want to watch that. That I saw the trailer for it last night. That's the one with uh, Anthony Starr. Some, and some weird shit goes down in a house, just like every other horror movie. But yeah, uh, the mill, the gate was on my list, and then Spirit Halloween, the movie. I don't, I don't know about that one. I might. It's got, uh, it's got Christopher Lloyd. It in does it. have Christopher Lloyd in it. I don't know. Uh, speaking of sort of that style of movie, the uh, Five Nights at Freddy movie is like streaming now on Peacock oh, or one of those. You can watch it at home. I'm like, I don't know. Should I? I don't know. Was it? Not it's not getting a theatrical. Release. It is getting a theatrical release, but it's uh, oh, streaming okay. the same day. Okay, so I guess there's not a lot of uh, hope in it. I did watch the Honda Mansion movie again. Does that count? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that counts. You've seen it already, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was it was fine. It yeah. Was, it I, was uh, it was fan service the movie. Uh, plot was thin. Yeah, uh, visual visuals were fun. Yeah, that, I still fun. think I like uh, I like the Muppet Haunted Mansion better. It was a be- it was a better story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we're getting late in the show, so let's get into our topic really quick. Because uh, uh, oh, yeah, we still haven't done that yet. Yeah, I know it's weird. So my birthday was last Monday, October sixteenth. Right, I celebrated my birthday was the same day as the 100-year anniversary of the Disney Walt Disney Company. So they decided in 1923 that uh, they were going to stop being dicked over 
and they were going to start their own company. And they, him, him and his brother, Walt and Roy, started the company. That was 100 years ago, which is crazy to think. But um, I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Like, what are your most important? What do you think are the most important Disney moments to you? Then I want to talk about maybe your favorite films and attractions. Okay. Um, that being the case, clarify what your first question. What do you mean? So in your opinion, what do you think are the most important uh, history moments for the Walt Disney Company? Okay. Um, I'll, I'll start with a couple that I on my on my list. Uh, I think we talked about them started. They started the company in 1923. I think the impetus for that was losing the rights mm-hmm. to the Oswald. the Oswald, the, the Lucky That's, Rabbit. That was what I was going to say. That yeah. losing Oswald was key. It was totally key. If we if that didn't happen, which you know it took oh, how many years later for them to get the character back? Um, we the Disney company wouldn't exist as it does today. Right. Um, yep. That's definitely one. I think um, uh, the introduction of Snow White in with a nineteen twenty with a twenty thirty eight. I think twenty eight. Yeah, I thought maybe. Um, or, wait, no, hang on, hang on. That was a Steamboat Mickey. Let's uh, look this up. Nineteen thirty seven. Yeah, I, I knew as yeah. soon as it came out of my mouth, I was right. like, wait a minute, I'm off by like a decade on that. The 28 was uh, Steamboat Willie, which was like the first audio. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, everybody was against Snow White. They're like, what are you doing making a, a full-length fucking cartoon? Yeah, and, it was known as, as uh, Disney's folly yeah, at the time. But uh, once again, he proved him wrong. Um, I want to say... 1955 the opening of Disneyland, Disneyland was a huge yeah. thing because not only was it a big impetus in the creation of uh, how theme parks are but in a marketing from a marketing point of view it was pretty great because the first time a company had teamed up with another company like okay for example ABC like hey you give us money to build this theme park and we'll create a TV show for you. Mm-hmm. Um, which was unheard of before this kind of, this kind of like uh, synergi- synergistic uh, marketing campaigns. And then also they're like, Hey, Monsanto, Hey, give us money and you could sponsor this, this attraction at the, at the park, you know? Yeah. Um, it was, that was, pretty uh, I would thinking. say that, that uh, not, uh, that's another one of those key things in the history of the company um, for, for good reason, Walt is the name in the face that we all associate yeah, because of that. He, he was, well, yes, in part because of the, the TV stuff, but also because he was the, the imagination and creative spirit behind a lot of it. Uh, but Roy was just as integral to the success of the company as yep. Walt was. He's, but he, it's not it's not as as fun and uh he did the he did the boring grunt work he did the 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 business work he did while, the business while work. was able to be the creative and but 
Roy himself was also incredibly yep. creative yep. in terms of business. He was yes. a very creative businessman, and he essentially created what we now know of as merchandising mm-hmm. and those kinds of sponsorships, like you're talking about. Like he he was a pioneer of those. Oh kinds yeah, of things. Uh, he was a he was a brilliant guy, um, and he he never I don't he never wanted the limelight. I think no. was part of it. Um, I think he was perfectly happy to and was and without Roy, we wouldn't have Disney World either because he yes. came out of retirement after Walt died. This is the most metal we've ever talked about on the show, but um, he came out of retirement after Walt died to make sure that his dream actually became a reality. It mm-hmm. happened, and it was his his idea that it be called Walt Disney World, yes, and not instead of Disney, Disney World. World. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that. He definitely deserves that attention. Um, the the uh, both times of iWorks worked for Disney. Uh, <laughs> yeah, were were key. So of iWorks, if you don't know, oh, was yeah. the original animator of Mickey Mouse. Uh, co creates basically. Yeah, he's he's he is he's the Steve. As if not more responsible for Mickey Mouse. He's the Steve Ditko to Stanley in this. (laughs) Didn't doesn't get the credit, but he's the one who did a lot of the work. Yeah. Um, Like I was saying, he is as much or more responsible for Mickey Mouse than Walt actually is. Um, But he, he basically by himself did a lot of the first Mickey Mouse cartoons. Um, He, uh, he animated those almost all himself. It's my understanding. And uh, he uh, he ended up leaving the company because people got in his ear and uh, not necessarily wrong, but people got in his ear telling yep. him, hey, you know, you you should be getting more credit and more compensation than what you're getting yep. here. And as a result of that, uh, he, he kind of felt the same way. And so he left. Uh, and then came back to the company decades later and provided a another super key historical moment for not just the Disney company, but for all of animation uh, when he designed and implemented the multiplane camera. Yes. Um, I There's so. a, there's a, a Disney Lego set out there right now that I really want to get. It's basically the multiplane camera. Yeah, it's it's like this huge camera thing. It's yeah, the multiplane camera. It's everybody takes everything. We we see so much CGI and digital and all that kind of stuff now. It really was a game changer for animation back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yeah. It's they still use it today. It's it's a mm-hmm. technology that's not gone away for animation. Yep. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, I mean, we got to talk, you mentioned Disney world, uh, that whole Florida project. Um, and then like Epcot, I, 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 I love Epcot. Um, As do I. yeah, I'm, I think my, <clears throat> one of my next tattoos are going to be Epcot based. Um, I've, I, you know, I spent so much time there as a kid, and I love the uh, the the ed- edutainment value of Epcot, which mm-hmm. it, some of it's sort of gone away, but it's 
yeah. the nostalgia of that park for me is it's probably greater than the Magic Kingdom for some reason. I don't know what I it think is. Part of yeah, well, I think maybe part of it was that was where so much of the energy initially went for Florida was for yeah. the concept of Epcot. Now, what we ended up with was not at all what they were envisioning to begin with, but the the spirit of having a like technologically advanced, uh, always changing. Uh, sort of a, a, a perpetual world's fair, I think is yeah. kind of what they were trying to go for. And I, th- they, I think uh, they've achieved that. And by and large, um, I, it, I feel like the park overall has kind of lost the script a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some of that admittedly is uh, in my opinion, because we generally as a culture now in the West, uh, don't have an optimistic outlook for the future. Um, and <laughs> yeah. that was kind of the whole, the whole point of Epcot was to take a, take the humanities and uh, technology and multiculturalism and make it about how to, how, how a promising and fulfilling future is, is coming because of all of these things. Uh, and so much of it was done through corporate sponsorship and and now many of those same corporations are bringing us to the to the either defunct or they're responsible for bringing us to the brink of destruction um (laughs) but we just i think (laughs) there were some other ones i was thinking of more but uh um, but we don't have we don't have that hopefulness. Yeah. And I think that that leaves Epcot with the daunting challenge of either finding the things that can re-inspire that hope that they, that they were trying to do to begin with. Or just throwing um, characters into the park, which is what they're doing, which is what they're Um, doing. Yeah. Which is a a way easier job to do. Hey, you liked frozen, right? You liked uh, the guardians of the galaxy. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that ride like you would not believe, but it's not the original version of the park. But, you know, I you you got to sort of move on at, at some point, too. You know what I mean? You can't we can't just be re- living in uh, living in the past, you know, mm-hmm. it sucks. All right. Um, why don't we talk about our favorite movies? This is, this is going to be a daunting. That uh, is. I have a list is, of my favorites. Okay. Um, I'll I'll just go through my list. We'll just we'll just make this quick. Uh, number one for me is a Lion King. One of the the best animated movies. Ever. One of the the best animated movies of all time. Uh, good use of the first. One of the first uses of CGI in a in an animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I really love the, the opening. The opening sequence, yeah, is remains one of the most beautiful pieces of animation yeah. I've ever seen, and it still holds up perfectly well. Now, not all of these are in any kind of order, so we're just gonna we're just remember that uh, Fantasia. Fantasia always has a special place in my heart because of just how different it was and how much. Flack they got for it too. They're like, "Why are you doing a 
Mm-hmm. A movie was no, it was just music. And you yep. putting Mickey Mouse in it? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but it, it had another one of, one most- of those like uh, folly, like Disney folly kind of reactions yeah. to it. And that you you probably know this, but uh, in case you don't, that Fantasia was supposed to be an ongoing project. Yeah. As it was originally conceived, it was something that they were every year or every two years they were supposed to put another one out. Well, uh, they waited obviously, sixty they waited, years or something. Yeah, they waited all, <laughs> just about sixty years. Fantasia two thousand, which is pretty forgettable. Um, yeah, it 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 didn't have the same impact. No. Uh, for for my for my money, the original heavy metal music video is oh, the yeah. light on Bald Mountain yeah, sequence Chernobog. from Fantasia. I fucking love it and i always have even yeah. since i was a little kid like that was like my favorite part that was disney being, that was disney being fucking metal before it was yeah. metal that is so it's so evil and so dark and it's just great i love chernabog me too all hail chernabog all hail chernabog um, and like, he, he gets he gets like lumped in with the villains and yeah. stuff but like if you you watch that sequence, he doesn't do anything nefarious. Right. He like he throws a, a a midnight graveyard rave, and then when the sun comes up, he's like, "Oh fuck it," and he goes back to sleep. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's all he did. That's all we do. <laughs> right. Um, I have a very special place in my heart for this movie. The next one, the Black Cauldron. Um. Okay. I I loved the book series when I was a kid. I loved the movie. Um, it's you know, it was during that weird time in the eighties, late the seventies and eighties, where a lot of their movies weren't doing very well. And yeah, um, you know, once the Little Mermaid came around, that sort of changed it. But uh, I really love the Black Cauldron. It's one of my favorites. Um, I'm. I have seen it, but I'm actually not real familiar with it. I, I've I've only seen it once or twice, maybe. Um, and for and, and really, a lot of that is because for the longest time, it was impossible to find. Yeah. Because um, it, it was not a success for Disney, um, and is largely forgotten. Like, can you tell me you've ever seen Black Cauldron merchandise anywhere? Uh, not really. I have like one Funko Pop set and that was like, a, you know, like a Comic Con exclusive one year or whatever it was, you know, um, yeah. there's not much. Yeah. I have the book series, which is if you ever really want to read the books, I'll let you borrow them. Okay. Yeah. And it might give you a new appreciation because the books are really good. Uh, my, it's like, it's like a ex- young, young Lord of the Rings type of story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The um, I was always curious about this movie though because I when I was a kid I had a um, they were kind of a big deal in the nineties. Remember they had the all, all the like the different kinds of desk calendars where you, you peel the page off. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, every day they, the day by day stuff. Kinds, yeah, yeah, they were all kinds of those in the nineties. And I had one that was all uh, Disney animated movie. Oh themed. cool. Uh, and I didn't I didn't even take the pages off because i like to have all the images i kept it together (laughs) and it was like a book for me but there were mixed in with all of the stuff that everybody knows there were some days where the images were from the black cauldron and i'm like i don't know what this is or the rescuers yeah well i knew what the rescuers was 
you know, I'd seen the rescuers, but I had never heard of the black mm-hmm. cauldron, but there were all these images in this calendar. And I'm like, this looks cool, <laughs> but I could never find it. Have you find information about it? Have you seen, uh, that new short on Disney plus, uh, a day in Disney year. I can't think of what it's called, but it's like, it's like a short, uh, like an eight or nine minute short. And like, it's basically what happens when everybody leaves Disney animation. They all, all the characters come out and they all want to get this like huge photo. No, I've, I've seen screenshots and stuff from this, yes. but I, no, I, ha- I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You, ha- you need to watch this with your family. It's really good. I heard that they, uh, that they once upon the a genie, studio, that's what it's called. Genie shows up in it and that he does they use, they used actual, um, recordings and i think probably some ai generated stuff from robin williams no it was all recordings they said okay so there wasn't any no nothing ai about it they said i know they got the they had they talked to the the family the estate and Mm -hmm. got their okay for it if you haven't watched it it's really good uh and it's just fun to try to pick out all the characters you're like oh my god speaking of uh you spoiled it but let's go into my next one aladdin Mm -hmm. aladdin is one of my favorite movies of all time it's a perfect disney cartoon it's a perfect movie it's one that i know uh, that i like that i know is very good but i always i think i forget how good it is until i sit down and watch it again sure and it's like every time i sit down and watch it i'm i'm like oh yeah this was really good (laughs) i forgot how good this was um that's a good one. Another one from my childhood that I, I just have a lot of fond memories of is Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Great movie. I'm uh, and then and along those same lines. I actually remember biking to the local movie theater to see this movie. It was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, love this movie so much. I it it was an anomaly that they actually got it made with all the different yeah. characters and. And studios involved. It's pretty great. They've been they've never been able to finagle all of that together <laughs> again. I just can imagine. I can just imagine the legal contracts trying to get that movie put together. Yeah, like uh, okay, Bugs Bunny can be in the scene, but with Mickey Mouse, but he has to have the same amount of screen time and same yeah. amount of lines. And I, I just can't even fathom yeah. that. Well, and and so I think to its to its credit, then knowing keeping that in mind, how much of the content of the movie was dictated by bureaucrats. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that kind of, it was dictated by lawyers and bureaucrats and committees and, was, and, and it's, somehow it still ended up being fun. And it's so weird that the character Roger Rabbit was not even a Disney creation. Uh, Philip K. I think it's Philip K. Wolf. I think it was name um, did a, a, a series of books and the character was, way darker in those books and he was in the, in the movie, of course, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the, my next one on my list and that's the jungle book. Such a memorable yeah. movie for me. That's a great one. That one will probably be on my list as well. Uh, um, next one is Robin hood for me. Robin hood and little John walking through the forest. There's this something about that movie, which it's so memorable to me characters the music everything about it um 
I'm going to get into a little bit of a little bit more modern here. Uh, I really, I really think Moana was a great movie. Beautiful. It, it's one of the best of the, the recent generation, I guess. Yeah. Anime. It's fantastic. And who thought, whoever thought that the rock could actually sing. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I would be remiss oh, if I didn't mention of that. Course. It's not totally Disney, but it is, you know, um, they didn't really have a lot of trust in it when it first came out, but once they realized that merchandising and they're like, Oh, Hey, we're, we're all on board now. Mm-hmm. All aboard that nightmare before Christmas train. That one's uh, definitely on my list as well. And I have a couple of, um, uh, Pixar movies here. I really like Ratatouille. I think the story it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have to go with toy story, man. One of the very first really CGI movies, but there's so much heart in that first movie and everything, everything about the first toy story movie was them hitting on all cylinders. They've tried to recreate that with other versions of the, the toy story movie, but they've never been able to really succeed in my opinion. Uh, the, yeah, the, the second one not wasn't was, I thought it was still very good. But it wasn't, quite as good um i did think the third one was excellent and if if they had if they had just ended on the third one i would have been perfectly happy yeah um they did a four though didn't they they did and it was fine it was okay but it was like when we get to toy story 14 i'm out (laughs) yeah uh what about you what did i you mentioned several of yours would would be on mine yeah um and I'd also let's see. I'd also include for me, um, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I I love that one. Um, let's see. Uh, one that was really a big deal for me as a kid. Uh, one of the live action movies, Flight of the Navigator. Oh yeah, Pee Wee. I loved that movie. Yeah, Pee Wee. Um, God, I I probably I probably wore out copies of that from the rental place. I, I watched that one a lot. Another um, couple, another movie from like my childhood, like that. I used to watch it in my uncle's house all the time with bed knobs and broomsticks. Mm, okay, weird. Such a weird movie to go back and look at now, but yeah. And then uh, which met was it? Return to Witch Mountain. I used to watch that movie as a kid all the time. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, let's see what else. Um, You know, we haven't even talked about, but our absolutely favorites of mine are like, are just the, the classic animated shorts. Sure. With, with the fab five and all the stuff around that. I the, the, You mean the Beatles? No. Well, the fab four. <laughs> yeah. The, the no, drab the, four. No, that's typo negative. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I love like the old, uh, like the how-to ones with Goofy. Yes. You know, those were great. Yeah. I love those. Um, and, you know, all the old Donald Duck cartoons and all of the, from that period of time where Donald Duck kind of overshadowed Mickey Mouse for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, is, who would you say is your favorite character? Your cartoon character? Because for me, it's not Mickey of, Mouse. Okay. Who is it? Probably if I would have to say it would probably be Donald. 
So are you talking uh, from that group? Yes. From, yeah. Oh, easy. Goofy. Goofy's my favorite. Goofy. It always has. Yeah. Love him. Uh, I, I've always loved Goofy and I, I, for, for whatever reason, oh, which leads me to another one of my favorites, uh, the show Goof Troop and the Goofy <laughs> movie that came out yeah. of it. Fantastic. I was never a fan of the Goofy movie. I don't know what it was about that. Oh, it's man. so I think it so popular think, now, but I think that it's I think it's one of those things that you had to be a certain age at a certain time when that movie came out because I like. I have come to find out that I'm not, a, I loved that movie when it came out. <laughs> I loved it. And it's not until in recent years that I'm like, Oh, all these other people loved this movie too. Mm-hmm. Like, like I did. And I think it was very much a micro generational thing. Yeah. That was just, it was just the right time for just the right kids. Um, but so, yeah, I love that stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything that would be obvious later if that I failed to mention. Sword in the Stone. That's a good one. Um, watch that one quite a bit. Princess and the Frog is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a place for Mulan, and like The Little Mermaid is always good. Um. Why I'm looking at a list and why they have Remember the Titans on the same list is like Emperor's New Groove and Sleeping Beauty. Emperor's New Groove. I would probably put that one on my list. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. That was uh, David Spade. David Spade would appreciate you saying that. I'm sure. Uh, That was one that when it, it came out, that was during another, not as dire as the, the, like the, time through the seventies that were Disney was really struggling mm-hmm. with, uh, well, they were struggling with everything at the time, but that included their animation was struggling. Uh, I felt like we reached a period after the initial Renaissance with m- movies like little mermaid and Aladdin and beauty and the beast and all those were that the animation Renaissance happened. I felt like they ran into some walls in the late nineties. Um, not as severe, but, uh, I always, for the longest time, I never gave Emperor's New Groove any attention at all because it just seemed, from the outside, it, it looked like nothing of any kind of quality to me. It just it looked like a, a desperate attempt by them to do something. And then it, it was recommended to me by a couple of people who were like, no, really, you need to watch this movie. And I did, and it it's actually it is one of my favorites. I think it's it's a it's a it's a good story, and it's just funny as hell. And it, it that is the that's the movie that made me love Patrick Warburton. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely steals that movie. There's so many, there's a lot of great performances in that movie and his is absolutely one of them. Let's move on to our favorite theme park attractions. I know this is going to, this is going to be difficult, but um, can I just guess our number ones? Yeah. Is it the Haunted Mansion? Yeah. Like everybody else in the free world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic attraction. Um, one of the last things that Walt actually was able to have his hand in a little bit. Um, just it stands the test of time really. And along those same lines for me, pirates of the Caribbean saying, yeah, they're very hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and it's difficult to, 
Haunted Mansion wins out for me, but I I admit I have to admit that between the, the two of them are r- roughly equal in terms of so, quality and uh, I don't know longevity of and yeah. Fun, Let know. me ask you this: uh, We're going to go here, Haunted Mansion, Disneyland, or Disney World? Disneyland. Agreed. Pirates, Disneyland or Disney World? Disneyland. Okay. We're on the same page there. Both of those attractions are better at Disneyland. Yes. I um, just for small little reasons. Um, next on my list is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, the People Mover. I also love <laughs> People Mover. When the People Mover is in my top five fucking attractions. What is up with that? Um, I just love that attraction so much. There's something nostalgic about it for me. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, you've been running around all day. Let's just go sit down and ride the people mover over and over and over. One of my best moments of, of going to Disney, which I hope we get to do this one day when I went there with George that one year is we got to podcast on the people. From the people mover. Yeah. That was a, that was a life moment for me. Whatever. That's great. Uh, next on my list, uh, it's a newer attraction. It's rise of the resistance star Wars. Finally got to do it about, uh, not quite a year ago now. Yeah. I finally got to do it and deserved, um, the, the, to me, the only bad thing about this attraction <laughs> is that it shows what they're capable of. And so everything else <laughs> pales in comparison compared to it. It is, it is, it is that good. It's yeah. that cool of an experience. My next, uh, my next attraction is the big Thunder mountain railroad. That okay. is my favorite coaster at all the Disney parks. Uh, I I like the Disney World version, but I think Disneyland edges just a little bit more because there's that really cool segment where you go when you're going up one of the hills and like all the explosions are going on around you, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, I wish I right. could bring that to Florida. Um, I'm old school here at Carousel of Progress. The, the I don't know part- if it's a favorite, but it's one that I I I enjoy it because of its its historical significance yeah. Yeah. and its and its hokiness. The progress needs to progress. I think we're a little it bit does. behind now. Yeah. Uh, Expedition Everest, my favorite attraction, hands down, at Animal Kingdom. Uh, one of the best coasters on Disney property. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the Indiana Jones attraction at Disneyland, the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. I will say yes in its original form. Okay. Um, because I I was there when the ride was freshly yeah, open. Me too. And it was amazing, and it's still a good ride. It's still a lot of fun, but it is nothing like it was. Yep, as it was originally conceived. My next one, if you if you say that, I'm going with the very original version of Journey into Imagination with Figment. I never saw it, with, so I can't speak to that one. Oh, loved it. Dreamfinder, you have it's not the same without Dreamfinder. Uh, Muppet Vision 3D. A salute to all of the attractions, but on, mostly that's Muppet on Vision. Your, uh, that's on your favorites list. It is. I'm a huge Muppets nerd and i i see this every time i go and i never get bored of it hmm. you get bored of it 
I don't know. It's not one that I think about all that often. Uh, I I also like the Muppets a lot. Um, always have, and I've seen. I've done this attraction a few times, but it's not one that I feel like really compelled to do. I guess. Yep. Uh, next to my room is uh, on my room. I just sort of spoiled it a little bit. The Tiki Room. I feel um, similar to this one that I do for Carousel of Progress, but I but I like this one a little bit more. One of my um, ultimate concert moments last year was seeing Weird Al Yankovic doing the they were doing all these off hits and they came back after their finale they their their whatever you call it when the I can't I'm like having a brain fart when, when a band comes back uh to do their encore. Um, yeah, Thank the you. encore. So they did like the full four five minute version of the the tiki god rain scene from the yeah. tiki birds and they also did the grim grinning ghost and they did part of the other tiki room but it it blew my mind that it was happening i'm like what the fuck is happening i'll have to share a video of that with you it's it's pretty amazing um another old school attraction that i really really love still is jungle cruise oh yeah yeah Depends. No. Depends on your the skipper. Sometimes it does. It, a yeah. great deal. Uh, I'm going to say Star Tours, not even just the old version, which I love, but even the new version. I really, I really. Star Tours is just a great attraction. Um, mm-hmm. It was my, you know, my love of Disney of, of Star Wars inside of a theme park. My, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I that love my list as well. I love the Tower of Terror. Me too. The one. May it never go away. May it never. Just a great, great ride system. Great uh, attraction based on the Twilight Zone. Uh, Moving back to Epcot a little bit. Spaceship Earth. I love Spaceship Earth. (laughs) Even though it's not, it's, it's not anywhere near where it was formerly in the, in its former glory, but it's such you can't go to Epcot without riding Spaceship Earth. You just can't do it. Every time. I mean, you have to thank the Phoenicians, right? Yeah, if, if you can read this. That's right. Um, I'm going to say World of Motion and Horizons are two extinct attractions that I love still. I never got to do either of those. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I am remiss that I never got to do Horizons because... Yeah. Uh, I've only like, it just, it seems super cool. It was such a great, I, I really, I love the old school Epcot slow rides and that's all they were. All the, all the edutainment. Um, yeah. is there anything that I missed that's on your list? Space mountain. Okay. There you go. Not mention space mountain. Space mountain was, uh, one of, if not my first roller coaster experience. Probably mine too. If I, um, if I think about it. And I was absolutely terrified of it the first time I went on it. <laughs> wow. uh, I was com- absolutely terrified. Um, great, great. It, it was key in the development of my enjoyment of thrill rides and theme park rides in general. Uh, yeah. Even though it was it was challenging for me at the ripe old age of like five or six or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was at the time when it scared the shit out of me so bad. If still, no, no matter which location you go to. Um, 
great ambiance, great music, great everything. So this is actually something that I was thinking of that I was going to propose to you as a, a brief aside to this. Uh, rather than thinking of f- full-on attractions and things like that, do you have like just little spaces in the park that aren't part of an attraction necessarily, mm. or maybe they are, um, but they're not the show places in the park that you just love this little, this little corner or this vignette or just this location. Do you have any just cool little places around the parks that like that, that you like? I do. Um, weirdly the bathrooms in future world, formerly future world, whatever it's called now. Um, there's that area around there. Um, I'm trying to think about this is a great question. Um, Cause I always, every time I leave the parks, I always have like these, these flashbacks, these memories missing the parks. And I always think about the certain locations. I'm like, Oh, I wish I could yeah. just go back there. That's kind of, now. that's kind of what I, I I'm is inspiring. The question is what cool. are the places that you think of that are just part of the being there, but aren't necessarily part of, Adventureland at Disneyland, um, near Bengal Barbecue for some reason. Just that mm-hmm. whole area over there. Um, the I would so one of mine that mine is uh, one of mine is uh, little stretches of Adventureland at both both yeah both coasts um, that are just charming to me that I just like to be there yeah and just just be in the space. Um, one of mine is actually, uh, this is what made me think of the question was, uh, <clears throat> the star tunnel in the queue for space mountain. Yeah. I yeah. love the star tunnel and the, That's what, the, the ambiance, that music and everything. Yeah. I love the music. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and that's just a, a place that I like to be there. Um, Do you know, uh, at Disneyland, one of the, uh, uh, for a while, I don't know if it's, it's gone now, but the music that used to be like the surf rock music was you know, they used on space mountain was Dick Dale. Who's who had popular songs from like Pulp Fiction and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was weird. I'm like, they, okay. But me- I, I never knew that the, uh, speaking of like the parks and stuff like that, the music has always been really important to me. Very memorable. I used to listen to my official soundtrack of Disney world more than like a lot of shit growing up. So, um, the music of the parks, it's very nostalgic and it makes me reminisce in, in good ways. I can hear like the, 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 the lobby or not the lobby, but the queue music, um, for Epcot, when you come into the, to the main, that first area, when you walk in just the area music they play in there, I can listen to that on loop all the time and I'm happy. Yeah. It's weird, I know, but No, I get it though. That not that location specifically. I don't have the same connection to that that specific location, but I I understand what you're talking about though. Um the uh the Tomorrowland music. Yeah. Um and so that's an, another one of my just like favorite places to be is in Tomorrowland at night. Oh yeah. I just it I just love being there. It's great. 
Uh, really, honestly, though, most of the worlds at night are a lot of fun. They're, the The atmosphere thickens once the sun goes down, and the the places all to me they all come alive in a different way at night that I really like. I agree. I, I think this has been a fun conversation. Um, you know, I, I'm happy that I share a birthday with the. Uh, the one the 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 day that they decided to start the company, um, that's pretty cool. Um, just fifty what fifty one years later, I, I came along. Um, so I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I'm dying to go back. I I've been talking with Kim. She's like, let's go back to Disneyland because she she really wants to go meet the characters at the uh, the the Marvel area. Um, Avengers Campus, and I'm like, I really want to go back to Epcot and ride Guardians. Uh, that seems like a very important thing to me. Um, I don't know. If you had a chance, choice right now of Disneyland or Disney World, which one would you go to? Hmm. As they exist right now? Disneyland. As they exist right now. As they exist right now, Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll... Let's... I'm going to say I'm going to go spend a weekend at Disney world, do go to Epcot, do the food and wine, ride guardians, and then go to Disneyland. Take the red eye to Disneyland. <laughs> there, yeah. Let's do that. All right. Well, this has been a fun conversation. Uh, I guess we're going to, we're going to skip out where we're going to do George hates metal. We're going yeah, to make it. We'll, we'll, we'll wait on that, but yeah. I, I just, I'd be remiss. We said I've remiss so many times on this episode. Um, I even got a couple in myself. You did. <laughs> Kim makes fun of me when I, she's like, are you going to be remiss about it? I'm like, I might. <laughs> um, I really want to talk about the On Thorns I Lay album. It is the best Death Doom album I've heard all year. Um, the first song on the album, Fallen From Grace, if you don't absolutely love this band by that song. By the time that song is over, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, it's my favorite, one of my favorite albums of the year so far. I haven't heard this yet, so I, I just added it to my please do yes, so I can check it. Out. Um, there's been some other stuff real quickly, you know that I've it's been on my uh, this new band. There's a band called Moonscape, um, which I've discovered because our our, our friend Ken Mills, podcaster from Zilch the monkeys podcast and a couple other things. He's the spoken, uh, he does like spoken word on this album and it's really good prog metal. If you like, like stuff like Arion, that type of stuff. Uh, I got to mention the new Angelus app, Uh huh. I haven't listened to that yet either. It, uh, I know our friend Christian is probably yelling at his, his iPod or whatever, whatever he's listening to. Uh, it's one of the best thrash albums of the year. And what I love about it is it's not, it, it goes away from your typical thrash. Um, there's a lot of elements on here that are quite different and, and it's really fucking good. Um, even the song with Jasta is pretty good. <laughs> um, let's see what the new mirror is actually pretty damn good. The there's a band I don't know if you ever heard oh, of I them. I didn't know there was a new miracle. Yeah, it's called Spine. There's a band called uh, they put out an ap- album called Hackney Diamonds. Uh, they've been around for a while, but it's a band called the Rolling Stone. You ever heard of them? I think so. 
their new album is so. actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else has been on my list. Um, this band called Temperance, they're an Italian power metal band. Uh, and this album, is a, it's a concept album. And who better to get on your concept album to do your, all your spoken word parts than Arjen Lukinson? Oh. And when I first started listening to him, I did not know he was on it. Mm-hmm. I was transferring it the promo to my iPod. I saw his name pop up. I'm like, why did I see his name? And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, okay. Makes a lot of sense. I tried with the new Steven Wilson. It did not grab me at all. Uh, something brought to my attention by Sean the Metal Pigeon is this, the Moonlight Sorcery album. That's cool. It's fucking yeah, great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this other band, uh, speaking of some other Jess Doom, they're, they're called Kayunis Kualomatan. Um, one, one of the best uh, Jess Doom band I've heard all year. Um, they sing everything in Finnish, of course, um, but the singer of the band uh, is from, uh, I can't think of the name. It's, uh, Donna Solace, the clean vocals from Donna Solace. And okay. Which is, you know, the band which features a wolf, wolf heart guy. And, um, I can't remember the other guy is the, the heavier vocals on this album. Uh, Oli something, uh, Tomb of Finland, that's the other band I was thinking of. If you haven't heard them, they're a great, um, more like, uh, like I, I guess, shoegaze, death metal, death doom type of stuff, a little bit more on the, the cure element. But yeah, those are really fucking good albums. Even though it's all in Finnish, it's really fucking great. Um, the new December, December Noir is really good too. Uh, the new October Tide. Um, I think that's it for me right now. I've been listening to uh, a lot of Death Doom in the past few months. Uh, and of course, this band, uh, Slowfall, really good too. Interesting okay. on your uh, on your list. On the new, the new Sowen, have you heard that? I have. It's pretty good. Uh, I haven't gotten deep into it yet. Um, but yeah, I do... It's uh, interesting though when the when the songs from it roll up as I'm shuffling. Yeah, uh, they're they're striking me the same way that I felt about um, uh, the one before last, Melina. Yeah, where as I'm listening to them, I feel like I've known them for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Already. They're, they're hitting me with that same quality. easily recognizable. Yeah. I did get the uh, the new Baroness album because, uh, like I said, they were here. They did a show here at House of Blues on Saturday, but while we were getting our tattoos done, they did an in-store at Cactus. And I went to Cactus yesterday, and they actually had some autographed vinyls, and I picked one of those up, which was pretty cool. Um, so I guess the uh, last thing we need to do is what, what's tickling your geek? <laughs> uh this kind of circumvents the point of this a little bit, but I do find it amusing in a, in a manner of speaking. So uh, as we know, uh, if you, anyone that's been 
listening to any amount of time, uh, City Skylines Two. Oh yeah, is is out now? Oh, is it out already? It came out yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, two, I guess. How many hours have um, you put into it? I don't have it yet. Oh no! Here's the here's the thing. I was surprised that it was coming out because I I feel like just a few weeks ago I heard. Uh, I saw updates from them saying that they were pushing the release date back until like first quarter of next year sometime. Um, and I was like, at the time I was like, well, that's disappointing to hear that they're, you know, but I mean, this is pretty standard stuff in the industry. The things, these things get pushed back all the time. So I was really surprised the other day when, uh, I, when, uh, I was made aware that, oh yeah, city Skylines two is coming out tomorrow. The reviews are not great. <laughs> wow! Um, I just logged into my uh, Game Pass on PC, and I can. Da- it's it's free to download. So, um, the complaints are all performance related. Mm. That uh, it, they're having s- uh, significant performance problems with it, <laughs> and uh, it seems to me like this is a case of they knew that they weren't ready. And so they were pushing back the release date and then they got pressured to go ahead and drop it anyway. Gotcha. And so they did. And now people are mad about it. And it's like, what do you want? <laughs> like we tried to tell you it wasn't ready. What do you want? You know? Um, but it sounds like, uh, so I looked earlier today and there's already something like 14,000 reviews on steam for it already. And it's sitting at like around the 50% mark and even so the, the uh, steam does theirs on a thumbs up and thumbs down basis. There's no like scale. It's not like you're not giving like a star rating. It's either you like it or you don't like it. So right now it's sitting at about 50%. And, uh, but even a lot of the thumbs up positive reviews are a lot of them are still going, this thing's barely playable. It has such bad performance problems, but I'm just so excited about it. And I know that it's going to be good. So thumbs up. So even a lot of the good reviews are actually bad. I was going to install it, but it it requires 56 gigs of disk space. And right now I have 11. Yeah. So that's part of the issue is that it's, it's huge and is, causing some severe frame rate problems. People are like, God, I I have a, I have a decent rig. And when I get to a, when I get to a population of just like 10,000, it's running at like seven frames per second. Ooh. And yeah, like like bad. So, uh, I don't know why this is tickling me because I should be disappointed by all of this. Cause I, <laughs> I, I get it. You're such a fanboy. So you still want to, <laughs> you want to look over the, the fault and just play it anyways. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's tickling my geek is another game and it comes out actually tomorrow. Alan Wake two. It's been so long waiting for a sequel to this game. My complaint about that is, it's digital only. You have oh, okay. There's a, there's getting to be more and more of that. It's a full sixty dollar game that's digital only, and that irks me some because I would yeah. have no problem going to the store and paying sixty bucks to buy it, but and the, and have something that you can hold on to. Yes, though, but this in case you're spending sixty dollars for something that you could lose access to it. Anyway. Right, exactly. That's what 
frustrates me, but yeah. am I going to still buy it? Yes, because I want to play that game. I love the Alan I, Wake series. I started the first one. Uh, I guess it was the first one, the one that was on Xbox 360. Yeah. Um, and I, I enjoyed it, but I, I kind of fell off of it. I didn't, I didn't get real far into it. And it's one that since I've gotten more and more into Stephen King, I've been like, I need to go back and, and revisit that one. The first, it was 2010 with the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was about, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm probably just going to bite the bullet and, and buy it, but I don't know. Cause I, I, that sounds like a great game to play this weekend, you know? Yep. Theme appropriate. All right. Well, that's it guys. It's been, it's been a long episode and we saw we had nothing to talk about. Um, so thanks to uh, my co-host here. Uh, before we go, we got a little bit of housekeeping to do. Let's uh, talk about where you can find the Metal Geeks podcast. Of course, we're on all your social medias at Metal Geeks. We're at MetalGeeks.net. Um, if you're on Facebook, come join us at the Metal Geeks Society Facebook page. Um, we're all over the places where you download your podcast. We're on Spotify, which uh, I was going to talk about that Spotify deal, but maybe not right now. Let's give it a little time. I don't even know what you're talking about. They so. they basically came out and said they're going to pay smaller bands less, less than they were getting paid. Oh, already. less than they already were. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, great, great. right? Uh, and we're all, all the other places where you can download your podcast. And uh, <laughs> because you know who can really take the hit, the small bands. They're <laughs> exactly. the ones, that- <laughs> the guys that need the money. Yeah. Yes, I know. Uh, all right. What about you, sir? Where can people find information about <laughs> your stuff? Find me at Red Viking Dave on whatever social media accounts I don't update. So uh, I'm bad at it, man. I've I got to get better. But I I've been bad this year. I've been really bad about keeping that stuff updated. But yeah, you can still find me at Red Viking Dave if you need to reach out to me. I at least get my messages and DMs and stuff like that. So well, there we go. And. Uh, as always, the last thing we have to say, and you know, I would be remiss if we didn't say this. <laughs> Got one last one in. <laughs> All right, y'all. Keep it metal, my friends. <laughs> Keep it geeky. Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.